One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Okay, welcome everybody to School of the Holy Spirit. We are diving deeper into our Wisdom-Filled Warrior series. Uh, this is part 12, and I'm really excited about the topic today because uh, we're going to talk about wisdom, right? Paul Paul prayed as a father in Ephesians 1.17. He says, I pray that you would be granted him uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the intimate knowing of Christ. Okay, and, you know, we've talked a lot about revelation here in the last few weeks. Revelation, um, you know, we kind of honed in last time on the concept of the sons of God being unveiled, right? You were born into a world where this matrix, this dark entity uh, in this temporal time-controlled sphere called the earth realm um, that has limits, boundaries, it has laws of the earth and, uh, you know, things that confine you. And as a son or daughter that's born again in Christ, uh, we talked about uh, Romans uh, chapter 8, 19, where it talks about all of creation groans for the unveiling of the sons of God. And the unveiling is actually the revealing of identity, who you really are in Christ, uh, which includes, uh, we talked about uh, the Greek word klepto, indicating that something was stolen from you, right? That when you are born into this world, your real identity is stolen from you. And uh the intent of the Spirit of God as you are born again in Christ, as he begins to speak to you, is to unveil uh, the books of heaven, the story that Christ wrote about you before the foundation of the earth, and begins to unveil to you your true identity, right? So there is a deliverance out of, there is a destruction, a tearing down of the old, and a resetting of your mind um, in the Spirit of God, in the power of the Holy Ghost, as He reveals to you, um, you know, your identity as defined by Christ, that you are a supernatural creature, you have purpose, you have power, you have abilities that the devil is afraid of if you truly discover your your real ability in Christ. Amen. And the gifts of the Spirit are part of that, but it's really foundational, or actually it, it's, it should, I should restate that it is um, deeply centered and only unveiled to you in your deep relationship in prayer with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I talk a lot about the dreams and the visions and the details that the Lord gives me. And I keep encouraging you guys to dig deep in your prayer life because that is your relationship. That is the being one with the spirit of love and and how the oil and the wine and the supernatural uh, nature of Christ and the power of Christ both make up the kingdom. It's You can't have one without the other. We talked last time about how um, some of the church puts more emphasis on the character of God. Um, and although there's scripture that points to character 
being of the utmost importance, there's also scripture indicating that the power and the balance of power, the restoration of power is absolutely necessary to truly represent Christ on the earth, right? Because he wasn't just a man of character, he was a man of power. But he also wasn't just a man of power, he was a man of character. Both the oil and the wine um, purify the waters and give you supernatural life. Amen. And so I want to talk to you today in this episode um, and dig deep into wisdom. Okay. You know, we can look at Revelation as a, it's almost like a personal deliverance and like a word of knowledge type of gifting. It reveals specific things, um, information. And I'll give you an example. People, as they begin having visions and dreams, people will call me or they'll email me and um, they'll say, hey, I had this vision and this is what happened. This is what happened. They said, what should I do? I'm like, well, at this point, don't do nothing. (laughs) Don't do anything. What do you mean? I thought you said we're born to prophesy. I thought you said we were going to do this. And I'm like, well, when the Lord gives you a vision or a dream, oftentimes it's the beginning of a conversation right? It doesn't mean that you have the picture, right? He, sh- he, he teaches you in sections. He teaches you in, um, in parts. And as you recognize the foundation of your growth is in your prayer life and your conversation with the Lord, everything is centered on your relationship. And so I always point people back to, well, he's, he's giving you a piece And these questions you have are good, but I'm probably not the guy that you should be asking. I could probably, um, you know, I could help interpret certain things, but I don't, I don't want to take you down the wrong path because, you know, the Lord says he'll, he'll give the same two, he'll give two people the same vision with an indifferent intent in with a different intent. Okay. Um, and so the punchline guys is, uh, the conversation, he gives you a, a vision, a quick 15 second vision. You see certain thing happen um, in the vision. Um, you need to go back and ask more questions. When you ask more questions, he gives you another piece. Then that reveals more questions, right? What does this mean? Where do I go? When do I do this? Um, and ultimately, at the end of the conversation, whether it's a day, a week, a month, or in some cases, even years. I mean, I've had series of dreams and visions that, you know, although the Lord comes to me and reveals something to me, um, it's not until years later that I have the whole picture and that begins to manifest in my life, or um, he actually opens the door for me to be connected to the situation in a place where he's been talking to me about for a year or a couple years. Um, And so I want to emphasize that as he begins to reveal, right, the one element is you'd be given revelation. As As he begins to reveal the heavenly perspective and the picture, there is a wisdom to it. And uh, the best way to actually describe wisdom is uh, what I would call strategy. The right message with the right people, with the right purpose, uh, in the right time, the right season. Okay. Um, knowing the times, the season, knowing the 
interactions, knowing the being patient in the spirit, right? The qualities of the nature of the wine, being patient and and um, peaceful and aware and waiting on the Lord is crucial to execute um, everything that the Lord wants you to do. Okay, because there is a um, there is a power in the timing. Right. If I'm if I uh, get a vision and I'm ahead of the Lord because I just want to go say what the Lord told me to say, um, oftentimes it doesn't release the power because I am ahead of the Lord and out of his time. Okay, but if I wait and I work through the discussion and I know what the Lord is saying uh, exactly, then I get to release the power. Right. And I mean, okay, so I, I've grown to the point personally where I can prophesy over hundreds of people in a day. That only has that has only um, happened because of personal relational growth in knowing what the Lord is saying to me when he shows me certain pictures, when he shows me certain things, when he says certain things to me as I'm standing in front of people and ministering. Um, I've, I have grown in learning to release wisdom and revelation when I prophesy. A lot of young prophetic people simply are releasing revelation and you need to impart wisdom and revelation. And so the strategy carries the power, okay? Um, the right time, the right message, the incorporation of the angels and, and all of the supernatural elements of heaven that the Lord wants to equip you with, um, they they grow. They have to grow in your heart, right? And that this gets back to the parable of the sower. Um, it's important for you to hold on to the seed, believing that it will produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Satan is afraid of you holding on to it. He's actually afraid of you continuing in conversation with the Lord, okay? This is the maturing aspect of understanding the par parable of the sower. As you grow in wisdom, as you are in conversation with the Lord, you actually are believing it. You believe it enough that you continue to ask questions about it, and you actually are growing in revelation and wisdom power, right? The Kratos power, the exousia authority that Christ gives you in that process. Your heart literally grows, okay? This gets back to praying in the Holy Ghost and the superstructure that the Lord builds you up in, right? Okay, so um, I need to ask you a question at this point. When the Lord gives you a revelation, when he gives you a vision, do you really believe it? Or do you take a vision or do you even take a prophecy and set it on the shelf, right? I've, I've heard pastors say, well, may, you know, we don't know if it's real or not. So just set it on the shelf. And if something happens, then okay, then it's real. But if not, then you know what? That is the biggest lie that there is on earth. And that is, that is actually a prophetic guy like me. That actually infuriates me because you know what that theology does? That's satanic in nature because it, it actually steals from you the revelation that you need to pursue the Lord in conversation. You need to hold on to the seed, not put it on a shelf. If you put the seed on the shelf, Satan has literally taken it out of your heart. But if you hold on to the seed and you value it and you begin to have conversation about it with the Holy Spirit, guess what? That seed will begin to take roots. That seed will begin to crack open and a shoot will come out of it and equip you in the days, months, and years ahead to actually 
have fruit produced from the vision that the original vision that the Lord put in your heart and it grows through conversation. It grows through more vision, tacked, tacked on visions and dreams to the original and it grows, right? The, the little seed, um, you know, Jesus gave the analogy that the little seed grows into a tree. You, you literally value it till it grows. And, and the evidence of it is you don't, you're not huddled in fear around the table like the disciples after the resurrection. No, Jesus actually walks through the door and begins to speak to you and your heart begins to grow, right? You receive the Holy Spirit. You receive visions and dreams in faith and you hold on to it and you become supernatural. Amen. So that gets me to um, really what I wanted to talk to you about today, which is Ephesians chapter three, verse 10. It says, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. And so I want to point out a couple things here. He's actually pointing that wisdom is connecting connected to humiliating demonic powers, to taking authority over demonic powers, to stepping on the head of demonic powers, crushing the head of principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. And um, the manifold wisdom is actually, um, if you can think of, you know, I described revelation as like an entry-level awareness Wisdom is dominion. It's the manifestation of dominion level authority because you know the right time, the right people, the right message, the right everything. That's the strategy of God. You are functioning in the strategy, in the authority, in the Kratos power, in the you're releasing dynamite when you speak because you are functioning in wisdom. Okay. Wisdom um, is in the Lord. The Lord is not going to hold wisdom back from somebody who is pursuing him in relationship. He's not going to hold it back. In fact, your heart will dictate how the, the spirit of wisdom flows into you. Right. The Lord. Think of it this way. The Lord knocks on your door and you open it and um, you can decide to receive the parcel or the letter from the carrier, from the UPS guy, or you can actually bring the UPS guy into your living room because you know that this guy has a cell phone and all of the UPS connections are on this guy's phone and you begin to ask the UPS guy questions about what he delivered to you. And because you ask more questions and because he has relationships with more UPS deliverers, right? All of a sudden you have a line of people outside your door and you invite them all in your door, in your room. And pretty soon you have a room full of deliveries. You have a room full of connections. You have a room full of revelation um, that brings wisdom by, through your relationship in your house, okay? That's a picture of you literally embracing the opportunity that the Lord gives you when you get revelation to actually turn revelation into wisdom. It's your job to actually turn revelation into wisdom. 
Okay. And, and typically the Lord just doesn't impart wisdom. Wisdom is a, is an impartation that's connected to your heart, being able to contain it. Okay. If you desire to know the Lord, if you desire to thirst after him, to be desperate for him, you will grow in revelation and receive wisdom as de dependent upon how you handle revelation. It's your value system. It's your belief. Do you, do you center your life around what the Lord is knocking on your door and offering you? Okay. And so wisdom ultimately is, is the goal of the Lord because the manifold wisdom of God will allow you to walk in a dominion authority that principalities and powers don't have an answer to. Okay. They don't, they literally can't respond to it because it is the light of Christ. It is his plan. It is his strategy. And what, what did we say about when the Lord speaks? When the Lord speaks, the darkness doesn't have an answer, right? Genesis chapter one, the light speaks into the darkness and the darkness is a victim of the light. And so, you know, ultimately this gets us back to, you know, what birthed this book in me, uh, which is the Proverbs 21, 22 scripture, warriors filled with warriors filled with wisdom ascending into the high place and releasing breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. So the ultimate aspect of wisdom, guys, is that you become a deliverer, that you are equipped as a deliverer, right? I, you know, it's, it's, it's a cool thing when a person starts functioning in a gift and they start receiving revelation. It's a whole other thing when people begin to recognize that when you prophesy, demons tremble. When you prophesy that, um, people's lives are changed. You're literally imparting wisdom into their heart, right? It's a grace. It's a gift. And I want to encourage you that, that no matter where you're at in your relationship, um, you can always shift and embrace the revelation at a higher value, which will bring more wisdom. Okay. And so the ultimate goal is that you become a strategic killer that Satan fears the sound of your coming. Amen. You guys have heard me uh, tell the story um, where the prophet called me out and said, the devil is afraid of what you are about to become. I, you know what? That process over the next, over the last 10 years is exactly what I'm teaching you. And I'm, I'm prophesying over you now. The devil is afraid of what you're about to become because you are gaining um, years of revelation, years of learning the way of the Spirit uh, in a moment. And, and you can boil it down into knock on heaven's door, hear what he is saying to you, hold on to it, ask more questions, get more revelation, gain wisdom, become supernatural, and the devil will fear the sound of your coming. Amen. So I want to talk to you. I mean, one of the one of the better ways I have here of illustrating wisdom and the example of wisdom is I want to tell you um, a dream that the Lord gave me in 2018 that really was foundational, ultimately, in sending me to Toledo and starting the school of the Holy Spirit and everything that he's been doing with me um, over the last probably four or five years, four years at least, um, you know, can be connected to this dream. And so this dream starts with me standing in the front yard of a house. 
in a specific neighborhood where the Lord has taken me um, in previous visions and dreams. It was the result of me asking questions, okay, about this neighborhood where the Lord showed me in, in uh, visions prior, okay? So at this point, I'm standing in front of a specific house. I see an angel named Love carrying a vial of golden oil, and on the vial is written the word deliverance. The angel uh, flies up and lands on the roof of the house um, where I'm standing in the front yard watching what is about to happen. So I'm standing in the front yard looking at the front of the house, okay? The angel, um, after he pours out the oil, he flies down, stands beside me, and he hands me a whistle and then pours uh, the oil on me. Okay, what he poured on the house, he poured on me. I take the whistle up to my mouth and instantly I see vipers and cobras. Uh, essentially, I see vipers or what I would call cobras and different types of viper snakes, okay, um, that were hidden underneath the foundation of the house, okay? They come out from all angles literally they're they you know they come out from the front the side both sides right the 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 yard that surrounds the house is loaded with snakes as i blow this whistle and um the snakes are like they're they're in a trance um you know how a snake charmer um when when the snake charmer begins to blow uh, that flute or whatever that thing is that, that the snake charmer blows in India, um, the snakes literally would come out of the foundation and they would stand up and uh, the cobra would have its hood flared out um, looking at me like it, like it was dazed and confused and in a trance, okay? The next thing that happened was suddenly um, a seven-foot white owl, owl, a seven-foot white owl, appears on my left and a seven foot tall white eagle appear on my right. Okay. The owl has the name wisdom written on his chest. The eagle has the name vengeance written on its chest. The owl, the owl is extremely calm, standing still. He stares me eye to eye. He's looking at me, right? And I turn to look at the eagle. The eagle is looking around at all the snakes. So the eagle, the eagle's focus is on the serpent. The owl's focus is on me. Okay. And so the, you know, the eagle literally, you can, it's salivating. It is looking at these snakes saying, I am ready to destroy the serpent. Okay. The eagle's wings suddenly spread open like he's going to attack as I blow the whistle. The eagle begins to scream and attack the snakes. Um, and, you know, literally because I blow the whistle and the snake, all these, these hundreds of snakes are in a trance, they truly are at the mercy of the eagle, okay? They, they're powerless. They're, they literally are standing erect with their hoods open, uh, facing me, and the eagle is literally going through the yard, devouring, ripping the head off of snake after snake after snake, okay? And I follow the eagle around the backyard, around the other side of the house to the front yard, and literally when the eagle's done, there is no snake left alive. 
all every viper, every cobra that came out uh, from underneath the foundation of the house is lying dead in in the yard. Okay. I then blow the whistle again, and snakes appear from under the foundations of neighboring houses. They are also in a trance. The eagle begins to move toward the other houses to devour the snakes on their property. But the white owl, still calm, looking me, uh, staring at me, he reaches out his wing and literally motions for the eagle to stop. He literally stops the eagle from going into another yard and turns the eagle back to focus back into the house, the yard and the house that we originally started to focus on. Okay. The owl then turns and looks at me again. And he says, he says, uh, he says these words. He says, when the current wave of grace begins to dissipate, they will line up at your door for deliverance. And suddenly as, as he, as he stated, as he made this statement, gold steps appeared, um, through the front yard and into the, the front door of this house. Like, like it was a, it was a pathway of glory, um, to go inside of the house. Okay. And so the eagle, um, and I, and, and the owl begin to, uh, walk up to the front door of the house. And as we begin to walk up to the front door of the house, four new angels appear and they are, they are loaded, man. I mean, these guys, um, are just, they're built supernaturally. And, um, you can tell that they are hunting. They've, they've come to hunt something. Okay. Um, we walk through the front door and immediately, uh, the, the owl leads us through the, 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 the basement door and we begin to walk down the steps into the basement. Okay. Each of the four angels at this point walk to the four walls, put their ear to each of the four walls. So one angel is to the north wall, one angel to the south wall, one angel to the west wall, and one angel to the east wall. All of a sudden, one of the angels says, I got it. I found it. Okay. And all four angels converge on the wall where they found something. I still don't know what they found, but I'm watching them. Okay. They start to remove cement blocks. Okay. In the area where they said they got it. Okay. And as they begin to remove the cement blocks, I, I realize, oh my gosh, there's the body of, of a huge snake. Okay. There's, it's literally like, I don't know, a foot in diameter. This snake is huge and it's, it's wrapped around the foundation of the house. All right. And so as these angels are reaching into uh, the hole and literally, you know, grabbing the body of the snake, they begin to pull the, the snake out of the wall. The owl and the eagle standing beside me, um, there's like an overwhelming peace that I feel like, like this strength because I'm surrounded by the vengeance of God, the deliverance, the prophetic anointing of the eagle 
and the wisdom of God, the the, the anointing of, of the owl. Okay, there's just like this immense peace, like there is no fear. I'm, I'm watching this and seeing these angels pull out this snake that literally is one foot in diameter. I'm like, oh my gosh, if this snake's one foot in diameter, this thing has to be like 30 feet long, like huge, right? And these angels keep pulling and pulling and pulling to eventually they pull the head out, okay? of And this python's head, the, all four angels grab this snake and they're trying to control it as this um, as, as the head is, is brought out, it's, it, if you can picture a, a snake with a head that big, it's, it's mouth is open, it's hissing, um, it's trying to get a hold of, of all of us in the room. And all of a sudden it's at this point that I saw the literal vengeance of God manifest in this eagle. Like, okay, so as if what it did with the cobras, with these small six, seven foot snakes littered throughout the yard on the outside of the house. What I saw in that basement, I mean, this eagle spreads its wings and it begins to like this war cry, like this, it, it almost sounded like a roar coming out of this eagle. It screams and all of a sudden it launches onto the head of this snake and literally begins uh, with its talons and beak, literally ripping the head off of the snake. And in a matter of seconds, the head is is separated, right? The head is laying in the middle of the floor. And the angels uh, at this point, um, they pick up the head, take it outside, and they pull the body of the snake out of, of the house, okay? Um, but the angels aren't done at this point. The angels come back inside the house and they've got like this... Uh, I don't know, this huge vat of, of anointing oil. And in the place where the snake was, they begin to pump oil into the foundation of the house. They put the bricks back together. And all of a sudden, because the house is now surrounded with the oil, right, the, the walls literally begin to move in and out like the, like the house begins to breathe. Like life is literally in the foundation of the house. Okay. And the, and, and at this point, the, 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 the owl turns and looks at me one last time. And he says, uh, again, the same thing. When the grace of the current wave dissipates, they will knock on your door for deliverance and boom, the dream ends. Okay. And so I want to talk through some of the symbolism on this. Um, and connect the dots with some things that happened over the last three years so that you can see how detailed the Lord is in revealing wisdom um, as you ask and t uh, ask questions and talk about things with the Lord over extended periods of time, okay? Because like I said, when I started this dream, um, the Lord had taken me into this neighborhood um, many times before. So this dream that in particular about this particular house was the culmination of many discussions with the Lord, okay? And a distinct message of um, focus on this house, right? And, and, uh, and the concept of what to do, when, and how to do it, okay? And so let's just get into the symbolism a little bit. Okay, so... <clears throat> 
The love of God was being sent as an assignment out of heaven to bring deliverance to a specific house. It was a specific, a specific church, right? The whistle um, is, a, is, a, is symbolic of the Lord granting me authority in a specific place. Um, he was giving me authority over the demonic, over, over the python, which is sim symbolized by uh, demonic doctrine that confines, constricts, uh, eliminates the Holy Spirit, is intended to uh, try to create church or even allow church without the Holy Spirit, right? There's no life. There's no breath in the foundation if constricting doctrine and doctrine that doesn't allow the free flow of the Holy Spirit to function, right? Um, the, the, the viper the viper is there because the python is there, all right? And I can get into a lot of more detail on that, but at the end of the day, the concern ultimately is, is not the viper that has the power to attack the individual. The concern is the python that establishes a demonic doctrine that eliminates or controls the Holy Spirit and doesn't allow the wind of God, the prophetic anointing, to flow freely in the house of the Lord. The eagle is at war with, with the snake, in particular the python. Okay, the eagle, the roar that comes out of an eagle, the roar that comes out of a, prof, a prophet or a prophetic anointing, when he senses that the Holy Ghost has been limited or stopped controlled, no Holy Spirit allowed in a house where they call themselves Christian, but there is no Holy Spirit. It's actually a demonic house. It's actually a demonic doctrine that suffocates and controls the people instead of imparting and allowing the life of God to flow into the people. Okay. And so the, the symbolism with, with, um, with, with, you know, the, the eagle is, is a supernatural thing. It's the vengeance of God. His, the vengeance of God is meant to um, not kill the people. It's actually meant to deliver the people. And it's, it's, it rages against the demonic. It is, it's okay to confront the demonic, right? There is a rage of the Lord. There is an anger of the Lord against the demonic. And the eagle embodies that. The prophetic anointing of the eagle embodies that. But... Take note that wisdom was calling the shots. Wisdom was saying, yes, what this guy is going to prophesy and what he's going to say is going to actually draw the serpent, right? Expose the serpent in the surrounding churches, in the surrounding locations. But the focus and the timing is not on the other places, it's on this particular house, right? The Lord was centering a specific uh, sequence of events um, because he wanted, not only did he want the viper and the individual deliverance to happen with the individuals in the house, that's the symbol, symbolism of the viper, right? It's, it's, it's singular in nature, it attacks the individual. But the python, the Lord wanted the house delivered. He wanted the theology shifted. He wanted the outpouring of the Holy Ghost truly embraced. He wanted the prophetic breathing of the Lord every day, right? The, the symbolism of the walls going in and out is that there's life. It, the house is literally breathing in the Holy Ghost.
okay? And so that's pretty significant, right? Not going to the surrounding churches or surrounding houses was a strategy, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happened when the Lord sent me to Toledo here in a second, but you'll see um, how key um, the awareness of seeing the demonic uh, and seeing the need in the surrounding houses was important for me to realize that the Lord wanted uh, a specific action to happen in the house he had me focused on. Um, and at that moment, then they would knock on, they would knock on my door. They would come to me, right? They would come to me, which would be a symbol, um, that now it's time to go out to the other places. I, I didn't have to go knock on doors and say, Hey, um, you need a preacher. You need a deliverance minister this week, or you need some guy. I didn't do any, I've, I've never done that. I've always waited for the Lord to lead the people to me. Okay. I don't, if you follow my stuff, I don't do marketing. I don't do any of that stuff. I do what the Lord tells me to do. I do what he tells me to pray. And my, my kind of approach is this. Um, if the Lord wants to use me, he'll send me, right? I don't have to go market myself. I don't have to, I didn't market myself to get me sent to India. I didn't market myself to get me sent to Toledo. I didn't market myself uh, to get me sent to California, Reading, to to uh, Arkansas, Florida, wh wherever the Lord has sent me over the years. I've never marketed myself. And so um, I knew what the Lord was saying to me whenever um, the, the, the spirit of wisdom, when the owl looked at me, and said, when the grace of the current wave dissipates, they'll knock on your door for deliverance. A, a dissipating wave of grace is really recognizing when your job is complete. Okay. And I'll tell I'll talk I'll talk to you about a a piece of the Lord sending me to Toledo here in a second. But um like I said, the the fullness of deliverance is, was the objective of the Lord. He didn't want to just deal with, you know, um, individual deliverance. And like when I go minister places, um, you know, the people oftentimes will just say, you know, I want you to prophesy, uh, minister to my people. I like the way you do this. Just, you know, have freedom in, in individual ministry. It's a whole other level. If a pastor calls me and says, hey, I want you to be part of my strategy going forward. We need help. We realize we function at a certain whatever. We want to grow in our strategy and deliverance. That's actually a, a, an embrace of the prophetic wisdom um, and the opportunity that that guy's looking at in terms of the growth of his whole church. Okay, not just individuals getting deliverance, but the growth of the whole church, um, which is a doctrine issue. It's a theological. It's a theological confrontation, and I'll tell you from experience, there are not many pastors who are willing to allow their theology to be confronted. But I will tell you this: in the humility of a pastor, allowing theology, allowing theology to be confronted to embrace the fullness of the prophetic anointing and wisdom and revelation, the sky's the limit and you can do supernatural things if, if you embrace it. But, okay, so I think I've outlined 
some of the key things for you in this dream. You know, this dream is 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 pretty important um, from a timing standpoint in my life, and then the Lord sending me um, to to uh, Toledo. Okay, um, when the Lord sent me to Toledo, um, you know, there were there were some some things that were crucial in terms of timing, connection, and relationship. Um, in the, in the, uh, probably months after this particular dream, the Lord started to talk to me about the city of Toledo and, and, uh, going to Toledo. And the next thing you know, I got a, I got a call, my job switched. Um, I can't explain it, but the door opened up to be taken to a, a neighborhood where this house was. Okay. And I didn't know where it was. I didn't know who. I didn't have anything. I just, I followed the Lord. The Lord opens his door, sends me to Toledo. Um, and at the same time, Charisma, uh, I got connected with Charisma, you know, had a guy, you know, get, give me a deal and basically pay uh, for the first year of the school of the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, so I needed a, I needed a platform to actually start the teaching and, and the ministry sessions with the school of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm walking on water, man. I, I don't know how this is all going to happen. I just know that the Lord has a plan to bring deliverance to a house. Okay. So I, ta- I literally, I take the job, my wife, my wife and kids. I mean, they'll tell you when the Lord starts talking to us, everybody knows it's like, all right, buckle up. We're on a journey. And, um, so I, we go, my wife and I start looking for a house. We, we buy a house in Toledo, um, in 2019. Um, and you know, I'm in prayer and the Lord, um, tells me, uh, to go to a specific street, downtown Toledo. And, um, the next thing you know, we get connected with, uh, a pastor, um, and his wife, who have a church on this specific street at a specific address in downtown Toledo. It was supernatural. That's all, all I can tell you, right? We're, we're at this church uh, for a couple weeks and um, his wife says, I think you need to start school of the Holy Spirit here. And which is the name that I settled on with Charisma for, you know, this this uh, weekly podcast series, School of the Holy Spirit. And um, so we start uh, doing weekly prophetic uh, teaching, ministry, prophesying, demons start being cast out of people and and all kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, um, the individual ministry, um, which I'll, you know, I'll talk through for a minute, you know, the cobra and the venom that the demonic puts into the individual, as you begin to minister to the individual, the individual, um, you know, the whole revealing of the true identity, uh, the prophecies that, that start coming out, you start confronting the demonic demons start being driven out of people and individuals start to be delivered. Individuals start to have revelation, right? That's what happened in the dream. The first thing that happened was the whistle was blown and the snakes started to come out of the foundation on the outside, okay? 
right? It's it's the soup, what I would call um, the superficial, or, or not not superficial from a meaning standpoint, but it's away from the center of the the intent of the confrontation. Okay, on the outside, each individual lines up and are, are dealing with demonic struggles. That actually came to the forefront. Um, where the people actually embrace the fact that, oh my gosh, we actually need deliverance. Um, and, and again, I mean, this deliverance didn't happen in this church. Um, the Holy Spirit outpouring did not happen in this church on a routine basis. But we started doing these meetings. You know, we have supernatural things start happening. I told you the gold dust story. I, 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 we had nights where holy laughter comes in. Everybody's laying out on the floor. We had nights where we had local pastors into the meetings and pastors are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. We have demons being cast out of people. We, we literally have the book of Acts happening in the house where the Lord gave me a dream led by wisdom where he was going to take vengeance on the demonic, right? And so this happens for, for a period of time where individuals are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. The supernatural is, is happening and and uh, pastors are even starting to ask, hey, can you help, come help me this? Can you meet with me this? Can you, can you do that? So I realize I can go to other places, but the focus is still on the python. The python the doctrine of the house needs confronted, right? We gotta, we gotta hunt down the head of the python. We gotta un uncover it, so to speak. We have to remove the blocks in the wall, the foundation of the church. We have to remove the blocks in the wall and begin to rip the python out of the foundation. We have to remove the constrictor, right? The 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 demonic theology. And, I, and what I call demonic theology is anything that is um, so-called Bible-based without the Holy Spirit, okay? And you've, you've heard, if you've listened to my stuff at all, you there's a theme. The Pharisees knew the Bible without the Holy Spirit, and Jesus called them vipers, <laughs> which I think is funny. But it identifies the fact that the theology and how they built their house. They're, they were the leaders of the church. They built their house on dead theology, which imprisoned people. Okay. And Jesus always wants to rip that theology out of the foundation and shift it completely, letting the eagle fry, fly freely in the house of God, because the eagle will confront the, the lie. The eagle anointing, the prophetic anointing will always confront the false theology that refuses the Holy Spirit or, or, you know, and, and, this, and this is something that I, I've stumbled upon a lot over the years. We have a lot of people still stuck in, in the, in this middle ground where they claim they're not part of certain denominations where they see certain errors, but they're still not full on free flowing in the Holy ghost. Okay. They kind of take the, the dove out of the cage, but they still have the dove chained. They won't let the dove chained freely. Can I tell you, if the dove's not flying freely, it doesn't matter if the dove's in the cage or outside of the cage with the chain on. It's still controlled and manipulated. It's constricted. That, and the only thing that constricts it is a demonic assignment. Okay? And so I knew that the Lord wanted to rip this Python thought process, this demonic theology, out of this 
this church, right? So, you know, we've reached a point where we had such a large number, a large percentage of the people in this this house, this church that got deliverance. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were awakened in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we end up having... Uh, I don't know, 60, 70% of the people um, having visions and beginning to prophesy. And um, it actually exposed something. The number of people that had deliverance actually, because they started to prophesy and started to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, the church services started to change. And when the church services started to change, the people, um, there was this, there was a clear line of demarcation. There were people who were free-flowing in the Holy Spirit who wanted, they were thirsting after what we did on Saturday nights. They were thirsting for the presence of the Lord and the free-flow and the power of, of the prophetic anointing. Um, they they thirsted after it, and they started to prophesy in services, right? But the old guard, right? You have you have the people the the people who are bound and constricted that haven't been delivered yet. Suddenly, this is different, right? Suddenly, there's a there's a conflict. There's a what in the world is this? Um, but at the end of the day, the mission was to rip out the, the 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 constrictor, to rip out the constrictor so that the walls of the church would flow and breathe freely, meaning the dove is given free free ability to move um, in unpredicted, uncontrolled um, environment inside the house of God. That's what a house of God is supposed to be, right? And so, you know, this is this is an example of a really a a supernatural call of the Lord to um, to be assigned um, and strategically, um, you know, work through this dream in real life and recognize, oh my gosh, the details and the sequence of what the Lord showed me in the dream is starting to happen. And, you know, I got to a point um, in the spring of 2020 no, I'm sorry. In the spring of 2021, um, you know, after a year of doing the school, f- just focused on that house, the Lord comes to me and um, he says, I want you to stop doing the actual school at the, this church. Um, you know, I still do the school on on Charisma um, when I go to different places and different recordings and different things. But he wanted me to stop doing the school of the Holy Spirit in that particular church. Okay, and he told when he when he came to me and said that he says, "I want you to pray for two things. I want you to be I want you to pray to be sent to the woman at the well and to the man chained at the tombs. Both of those scenarios are where the Lord used the prophetic." And deliverance, the the, the eagle anointing, um, under wisdom, to do a supernatural work on an individual that resulted in the region coming to Christ, coming to to the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so I did what He asked me to do. I so I started I started to pray and I started to ask the Lord um, to send me right. Um, and all I can tell you is, you know. Over the following weeks and months, um, I start getting these invitations to come do the school in different places. And I've, I've been working with different pastors now here in Toledo and 
um, working with people in different cities, um, you know, in several different states here in, in North America. And um, the same thing that came from that dream is now um, happening in other houses, other places where the school of the Holy Spirit and the sequence of the school of the Holy Spirit is is happening. And the, and the wisdom behind it, the sequence is you go in, you start to minister, right? You start to, to, to open the door to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The prophetic starts to flow. The vipers, right? The, the individual deliverance of, of people begins to happen. The supernatural starts to happen. Um, and eventually it leads to an embrace by the body, right? To the free flow of the Holy Spirit. The, the house literally is changed. No longer is the house constricted, but the house starts to breathe as um, false doctrines and limitations that the Python, you know, false theology puts upon a house of God. Um, and the people lay, lay that down, are delivered of the Python spirit, and literally have an outpour of, of, of the deliverance oil, right? The, the oil of love is poured out in fullness as the leadership of the church shifts away from, uh, you know, I don't know. You you can describe you can describe uh, limited theology in many ways, but ultimately the goal is Pentecost. The goal is fully equipped people flowing freely and strategically in the house of God with with the eagle, the vengeance of the Lord, and the wisdom of the Lord working together in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, okay? And, um, you know, this This isn't the first time uh, this is this happened to me. I mean, this, this is a way of life for me. And uh, ultimately, as you grow, it, sh- it should become a way of life for everybody. Every believer should flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every believer um, has the ability to grow in revelation and wisdom. And... You know, I'll, I'll, I want to tell you one more story before we close today, but um, think about this. The, the python spirit is a symbol of constriction. It's a symbol that takes the life of God from people. And it's, it is the backdrop. It is the underlying thing that the Lord wants to rip out. He wants to change a theology. He wants to change a thought process from being theological, um, scripture and and condition oriented to being simply voice driven because the voice produces life the voice produces revelation and wisdom the voice makes you supernatural the voice sends you places the voice is always growing he's talking and he's expanding and he's making you the supernatural creature that you are according to the books the destiny that are written about you in heaven that happens in individuals and it happens with bodies that we call churches. That he, he, his intent is to make the individual and the body supernatural. Okay, and so as an example of wisdom flowing in other in another place in my life, um, I was uh, in a city called uh, Vijwada in India, and uh, I was, you know, in a situation where. Um, you know, when I, whenever I go and minister, you know, I'm, I'm literally ministering 12 plus hours a day, 
two, three, four plus meetings a day. You know, I'm praying and prophesying for people hours and hours and hours. And at the end of the day, I am so exhausted. I can't even see straight. I'll, I, I go to, I go to sleep and, um, I wake up the next day still exhausted, but it, it's time to go, right? We got to go. And so I woke up this one morning, we were supposed to have a, um, pastor's conference and, um, we we're supposed to be a uh, hundred people, a hundred pastors. Okay. And, and, um, you know, in India, uh, you know, I pay, you pay for everything. It's a third world country. And so I pay basically $5 a person to bring $5 a pastor to, to actually transport them to the, to the meeting, giving me an opportunity to pour out the Holy ghost into their life. Right. Um, and so, you know, a hundred pastors, that's $500. And I've got this amount of money mapped out, um, you know, th for the 10 or 14 days, however long I'm in India. Um, and so it's, it's strategic, right? There, there's a certain amount of money that I can have for each day and, and everything. And so, um, the pastors that I work with in India, they know, you know, okay, we, we have enough for a hundred, hundred guys, right? So, this particular pastor in Vijuwada, he puts puts out the you know the call. Um, I'm going to be here on a certain day. It's going to be an all day meeting, and uh, this is you know this is the plan. He get he gets commitments from a hundred guys. So um, I wake up on this particular morning, and I the Lord shows me this vision, and it involves a python. I think it's important that you grab grasp hold of how important this war is with the python and false doctrine. Okay. In this vision, um, I see a pregnant woman and the Lord shows me this, this, uh, python wrapped around this pregnant woman, constricting her, um, and, uh, working to kill the baby. Right. And this woman's in pain. She's crying out for help. Um, and suddenly, um, the supernatural power of God steps in to the scene. I see an angel arrive and uncoil the serpent off of this lady's belly. Um, and you know, the, the woman is able to give birth to the child and the Lord begins to speak to me. Uh, and he says, um, the child is the birthing of the church. The child, the woman is the church carrying the the supernatural power that he wants to pour out upon the church and there's a war right the, the the lord starts to talk to me about this this war with the python the war with trying to confine and limit and control the woman the church so that she doesn't give birth so that she doesn't reproduce okay what do we what do we talk about in the parable of the sower, there's only one thing that can reproduce, and that is the voice of God. Memorized scripture doesn't reproduce. Memorized scripture and, and doctrine is just control that the next generation is born into. It's a confinement. But if people are equipped to hear the voice, the voice leads you into the supernatural and you reproduce supernaturally. Okay, that's what the seed, that's what the tr seed truly is. And it's symbolized in pregnancy, the woman carrying the seed, right? So if you carry a seed, you are carrying life. You are carrying a prophetic intent and purpose, 
the dream that I shared about ultimately going to Toledo was a seed that unfolded ultimately in thousands and thousands of people being baptized in the Holy Ghost and and the supernatural deliverance and everything that that happened as a result of it okay that's a seed that can reproduce and so in this particular situation the, the lord showing me this woman this indian woman the python wrapped around her i knew the lord the, there was detail the lord was was showing me and so i started asking more questions and the lord begins to tell tell me this um is a is a symbol of the life that he wants to birth in in his church in India and that the the church is going to uh be supernaturally delivered and pour, uh, the spirit of God is going to be poured out into these pastors today right and I'm like I'm stoked right so okay I don't know I I forget the the meeting was going to start at 10 10 30 something like that my phone rings 8 8 30 it's the pastor that organized the meeting. He goes, you're not going to believe this. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. There's there's 150, there's 150 pastors here. We only have money for 100. I said, it'll, it'll be all right. The Lord's going to work it out. He's going to do a miracle today, right? So literally 20 minutes later, he calls me, right? The driver's not supposed to pick me up, you know, for another hour or so. He, he calls me 20 minutes later. Oh my God, there's 200 200 pastors. How are we going to feed them? What are we going to do? I said, listen, the Lord's going to work a miracle today. <laughs> and this, this guy, you know, I don't know, I can't explain it, but when the Lord gives you a vision, you know, what's going to happen. Not only do you have revelation, but there's wisdom, there's strategy. You know what the Lord's going to do. Okay. Lo and behold, I mean, long story short, for the next, every 20 minutes, this pastor calls me till the driver picked me up and he he gets me there. There's now 400 pastors at a meeting where there was only enough money to bring 100 and enough food to feed 100, right? How they got there, where they crawled out of, what what parts of the, you know, we had guys that they said they rode on the back of a motorcycle for over 100 miles. And if, if you know anything about India, man, I mean, you know, they, you know, the those little... Um, carts and and motorcycles that's that's how they that's how they get around and you know we had guys riding three on a motorcycle four on a motorcycle for 100 plus miles somehow hearing about this meeting and they're they're all piled in sitting in front of me okay and so i get to i get there they introduce me i start to um i start to speak and all of a sudden i hear this commotion in the back and you know it's so loud that I'm I'm I kind of pause and I'm asking my interpreter what's going on, and um, finally told him to go back and he comes forward he says he goes there's a pregnant woman back there she's in her ninth month of pregnancy, um, and her baby um, hasn't moved her baby they they pronounced her baby dead like five days ago, um, but she heard about the meeting. And she's not leaving until you pray for her. <laughs> and at this point, all I can do is, I mean, this is beyond my ability to like, it's one level for the Lord to speak to me prophetically and talk to me in symbols about, you know, using a woman, a pregnant woman as a sign of his church giving birth to the supernatural. 
and the work of the serpent constricting and causing death on it. It's a whole other thing for a woman to literally show up after several hours after this vision the Lord starts to speak to me about in the morning and having 400 pastors sitting in front of you. And when I, you know, I guess the backdrop of what I should have said is, I, I always start my meetings. I ask these guys, do you know anything about the Holy Spirit? Do you, does anybody pray in tongues? Does anybody see visions and prophesy? And out of 400, I get like four or five guys that kind of raise their hand and the rest of them have no idea what tongues even is. They, they've never seen miracles, they, nothing. Okay. And so that's the backdrop of, of this whole picture. And so the, um, I'm like, bring that woman up here, bring her up here. I know what the Lord's going to do, right? And so I begin to tell the pastors the vision the Lord showed me. And I begin to teach them about the Holy Spirit. And I said, the Lord's going to use this woman as a sign and a wonder, a symbol indicating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's going to come upon you in this church. You that you are the church. You are the leaders of the church. 400 pastors represent 40,000 people, Okay. If they all on average have a hundred people, if you get one pastor baptized in the Holy Ghost and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and the python is removed off of them and they can give birth spiritually to a free flowing um, church, a church of power, a church unconstricted and flowing in the power of the prophetic anointing. My God, what can you do? Right. You are going to see a literal transformation in a region. And so I said, bring her up here. And um, we started to pray for this woman. I commanded the spirit of death and constriction to leave her now. I commanded that baby. I command you to come to life. I prophesy life into this baby. I command the dead bones. I command flesh to come on the dead bones. And I command the wind to blow on uh, this this baby. I command life to come in it now, now, now in Jesus' name. And I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And all of a sudden, five minutes into this, um, I feel a kick, okay? My hand kicks or I feel a hand, a, a kick in my hand on the side of her belly, and the woman's like in shock. She starts to scream, ah! and she's like screaming, and and my interpreter's going nuts. And pretty soon, um, you know, the message my interpreter's basically saying that the baby's been brought back to life. The baby's been brought back to life, and I, I, you know, the that's freaking amazing, right? That is off the chart amazing, but. I knew the Lord was demonstrating his power for these pastors and he and my job was not to let them off the hook the job was to complete the mission that the power the outpouring of the Holy Ghost to literally rip the confining demonic doctrine and thought process out of them and literally impart the power of the Holy Spirit come you know we start to pray for these pastors and literally it was like this bomb this fire bomb drops into these pastors and and they all like just start praying in the holy ghost guys are crying they're weeping guys are on the floor laughing um and this goes on it was hours it was literally hours pastors are praying in the presence of the lord in tongues for the first time of their life um and you know that turned into literally an all-day meeting an all-day um literally hands-on Holy Ghost outpouring, supernatural, shock and awe, demonstration of the Holy Ghost in power meeting that those pastors 
Never, ever. Do you think any of those guys ever got something like that in theology school? I mean, theology school ends up being um, a, a, a place of constriction. If, the, if theology school is not s- simply the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, you're constricted. You, it, the, whole, the, the, the limitations of, of doctrinal religion are so opposite, right? And the Lord said, I'm coming to pick a battle today. I'm coming and I will even send a woman that I will bring a baby back to life symbolizing the 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 uh resurrection of my dead church symbolizing the resurrection of something that dead religious doctrine confined and limited and rendered powerless just like the rest of the religion in india just like the rest of the the hinduism the powerless dead religion he goes but i'm going to literally show up today i'm going to demonstrate my power today i'm going to unleash wisdom and revelation upon these guys that they know that i speak that they know that i am real that they know that i am tangible that i am present that i have a plan to speak to every one of them amen and all I can tell you is that by the end of the day, there were so many of these guys weeping and crying in the presence of the Lord that they were having visions, right? They were having visions. They were weeping, oh my gosh. And, 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 and my interpreter, literally, we had, we had my, my uh, interpreter's uh, church leadership group. That's all we had to interact, right? That's all the ministry help that I had. They're running back to me. This guy's having this vision. This guy's having this vision. And I bring some of them up. And as they started that, you know, I'm teaching them how to interpret the vision and then prophesy the vision as they recognized that the Lord was putting power in their hearts. And I was coaching them on prophesying the vision that they saw and people were getting demons cast out of them and people were getting healed. These pastors are literally getting touched because of the visions coming out of the newly baptized pastors. These guys are changed forever, right? It's one thing for me to stand up and do a somehow a, a miracle and, and a sign and a wonder happens. It's a whole other thing that when they start seeing visions and they know that the Lord speaks, he's real, everything changes. Theology literally changes when the voice of God is heard so profoundly and their their value system, right? And that's that's the that's what I started out talking about today, guys, their value system. And so if, if, if you um, embrace this value system of the voice of the Lord, your heart will reproduce the vision, the supernatural will reproduce in your life. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you, um, number one, to, to grow deep in your conversations with the Lord, to grow deep in expectation that revelation what he reveals initially will grow into wisdom and a, a an ability to not only confront the individual deliverance, the 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 viper, so to speak, but to confront um, your own theology, the constriction, to confront the theology of or the limiting theology of the group of people you hang out with. Let me tell you this. I'll, I'll close with this. If you're hanging out with um, uh, leaders that function in a constricted manner, you will end up in a confrontation. There is no way of, there's no way around it. When, G, when Jesus walked on the earth, 
There were two types of relationships. There were people that were gathering around him, thirsting for more life, more of the impartation of the Spirit. And then there was the confrontation. You will know. You will know who is drawing life out of you and functioning in vision and dream and supernatural. You will also recognize a rub. You, if you are, if you are in, in a situation where there is a friction, there is a. That's not just a person. That's a spirit. You are encountering the constrictor. You are encountering the python, the lim, the limiter, right? And the one thing that breaks that is the voice of the Lord, the eagle, right? The eagle was born, the prophetic anointing is born to devour. So I would encourage you, as as you recognize these relationships and these situations you're in, that you dig deep in the prophetic, you dig deep in the vision of the Lord, and you seek the right vision for the right time, the right message, and the right people, and you watch wisdom, the power of wisdom, begin to move because the ultimate goal is to deliver people. The ultimate goal is to remove the serpent, not to kill the people. Amen. So Father, I just, right now, Lord, we just release the grace of wisdom and revelation. We release grace to hunger and thirst after you, to know what you are saying, to know the strategy. Lord, I pray that you would release strategy into the heart's of those who are hearing this, Lord, I pray that you would um, not only awaken their individual identity and deliver them from the constriction uh, that has limited them and the and the power of the python and, and controlling limiting doctrine that has confined them in, in a false identity and a false um, place of of false peace even. Lord, I pray that um, as they are delivered from that, that you would begin to send them, Lord, um, to individuals and to people with wisdom, with a strategy, Lord, that will unleash the supernatural power of heaven upon the people that you send them to. Lord, I pray that you would even give them dreams where they would see the eagle and that they would see the owl, that they would see the wisdom of God strategically um, aligning the vengeance of the Lord supernaturally, ultimately in a way that will deliver the masses. Lord, let this grace come upon every person uh, that's listening right now, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, it's been awesome. Look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to continue on this this, uh, wisdom journey. Um, The Lord has a lot more to say about wisdom. And uh, just have a great week. And... um, Talk to the Lord about the revelations he's given to you and watch how wisdom is poured out in your life. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.